0: Hello and welcome to the podcast series called Behind the Athlete. My name is Raph Agostino and I have the privilege of working at School Sport Victoria. You might have noticed that we're really excited by the athletes that have come through our Team Vic pathway, the athletes we're calling Team Vic alumni. These athletes have gone on to be elite athletes and even wear the green and gold and represent their country and become an Olympian. We're pretty excited by that. So we knew there were life lessons to be learned by talking to not just the athletes, but the people who are support staff and have played a significant role in these athletes becoming who they are. So enjoy this short podcast series called Behind the Athletes as we dive into the ups and the downs, the highs and the lows, as we talk to parents, coaches, teachers, principals, anyone who's had a significant part in these Team Vic alumni athletes becoming elite athletes and Olympians. We're really excited and we hope you get lots of lessons out of this short series. Enjoy.
1: Did you know School Sport Victoria offers 650,000 sporting opportunities in 31 different sports? at 10,700 events across the state every single year. That's a lot of kids playing sport. And for over 25 years, the Victorian School Sports Awards have recognized more than 1,500 students, teachers, and volunteers for excellence, and outstanding contribution to school sport. Now that's a champion effort.
0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Behind the Athlete. And today I'm joined by Hannah, Bizz, Yannick Blair's mother. How are you, Hannah?
1: I'm good, thank you very much.
0: That's good. You find yourself over in Horsham where Yannick actually grew up. And t- tell us a little bit about yourself. Before we start talking about Yannick, tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Um, well, I am a Dane, so born and bred in Denmark. Mm-hmm. Went to Canada in '86 on an exchange, where I met Yannick's father Peter mm-hmm. back then, and um, uh, we we travelled back and forth for three or four years between Denmark, Australia, and in the end I came down and married Peter in um, in '89, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, we settled down. Peter is a farmer, and we settled down on the farm and had three three boys relatively um, soon after that. Very so good. Yannick, Yannick has an older brother, Thomas, and a younger brother, Tobias. So the three boys grew up on the farm.
0: And what beautiful names for all the boys. So Yannick is the middle of the three boys, and I'm sure they're all very active boys, and Yannick is no exception. He grew up quite active on the farm, did he?
1: Yes, they all did. And um, and we, as a family, were... we're we are very active sport people, yep. um, so that locked off on the boys. Um, wherever there was a ball, there was always some boys. <laughs> um, and being country boys, they had to go at everything. And but also their father is is very active with with any sport, so. Right. It, it's, rubbed
0: off on all of us well lucky you're on farmland to have three active boys there but I I guess uh, Yannick grew up as you said uh, very active in sport um, and he came through the team Vic program he came through the team Vic program in basketball in terms of he went to uh, Pacific school games I think was the first event that he went to in terms of school sport Australia tell us a little bit about his team Vic pathway and his team Vic experience um yeah since
1: We've made this um connection here and I've, I've been thinking about how it all unfolded because mm-hmm. it is now 17 years since Yannick had his accident. Mm-hmm. So it's um it's a little way back and it um a lot happened at that time. So if you don't mind me just rewinding a little bit. Yeah, no, go around. for it. Yep. So Yannick had a an accident on the farm. Um, mm-hmm. um where he became a T8 paraplegic, Um, and prior to that, as we just talked about, was involved in any sport possible, and um, basketball was one of them, and as a family, we did a lot of running, and we were getting into triathlons as well. Um, Yep. So initially, (laughs) part of his rehab at Austin and the Royal Talbot was – once they get a young boy in like that and they soon find out that he's an active sport boy, mm-hmm. they get um, other sports people in um, with disa- disabilities in to show them what can be done. So it happened already at, at rehab before we'd even left Melbourne. Mm-hmm. He was introduced to uh, various sports. Um, and we. it was in 2004, so the Beijing... Olympics were coming up, yep. at Talbot they had, um, the team down there had purchased a hand cycle and they'd done the Marie-Temoyne, which we were familiar with and were going to go and do also. So initially Yannick um, was probably a little bit more involved with the, um, with the triathlons and the, the bike riding. Um, on account of that and but also certainly met some some of the basketball players that were going to Beijing. so once um in that what 's the word in that world once the word is out that there 's a young boy he's super active super keen um motivated, they know he 's there so mm-hmm. <laughs> um so then after that he initially it was more um triathlons and that because he could he he could do that here in our hometown yeah and then in so his accident was in four in um december five he participated in the first pacific school games down in melbourne yeah um with uh, school sports um and he was so that's uh, 20 months after his, uh, his accident and he'd had a little bit to do with basketball but up here there wasn't and still isn't a wheelchair basketball team, so a little bit hard for him to train. So he was invited down as the youngest junior then and probably the one with the least experience, but absolutely loved it and took to it, just loved it, loved it, loved it. So that was um, where his basketball career really took off in a wheelchair. Um, And after that, it, um, it just took off. And, again, I've been looking through the scrapbook, <laughs> trying to remember it all. He was, um, he was involved with the, the school sports um, initially, and then there was a, a regional competition that he got involved with, which was mainly in Melbourne. And then yep. after a year or so, he was um, invited to play for the Dandenong Rangers, okay, which, gotcha. is the, yeah, which is the, the national team. Mm-hmm. and then after that he was in 2008 so a, 2 years after he was at the pacific school games he was invited to do the um, or to be part of the under 23 um squad up in i think it was now that was at the Canberra as well at the ais mm-hmm. and then the following year he was invited to play with the with the rollers so <laughs> Great. At one stage there he was invited involved with four different basketball squads, so a lot when went on in in that period of time there
0: yeah, it would have and, and you talked <laughs> about you know the the accident that happened as well how, how was that as a mother that must have been very difficult at that time when he was he was twelve when it happened well, he tell was, us had
1: just heard 12 yes mm. um and again that's something I've reflected on since I spoke to you the other day yeah
0: um
1: it was of course it, no word can describe how you feel like numb yeah. comes into it and uh, it was absolutely terrible um mm. and so the accident happened and he was put into an induced coma as soon as he got so he was lifted from Horsham to to the austin mm-hmm. um, and we were hoping of course that it wasn't as bad as they predicted but once we got to melbourne they did the mris and whatever and we were told yes it was a, t- a, a sever of his spine so there was no point mm. of return um, which was terrible but mm. um that's what it was that's where we were at and then after he'd had his operation and had his back fixed at t8 and they kept him in the coma for another four or five days. So we were assured that there's nothing wrong with his brain, but we did not know till he, was, till he came out of his coma. Right. And that was really hard. But when they, when they um, slowly reduced the medication and he woke up out of the coma, he, um, he um, cracked the joke the minute he was fully awake. Like he's saying, God, I'm hungry. and his brothers were there we were all there and the boy boy said well no wonder Yannick you've been asleep for seven days and he goes well no wonder I'm hungry so he cracked (laughs) the joke (laughs) cracked the joke the minute he came to so we knew we still had our boy Mm -hmm. and uh, that was all that mattered at that point yeah that he was not mentally disabled Um, and he also, his injury is T8, which is sort of just below your, 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 your ribs or your, your boobs, your breast. Yep. Which is relatively high, but he still has full use of his arms. So he's not a quadriplegic. So he is a paraplegic. So he still can use his arms, fingers, everything. So, um, again, that could have been worse. So we just focused on, on the fact that he was alive. He was, he was. We still had our boy and uh, he could use his arms and worse than not having the use of your arms as well. So we just focused on what he could do and never, ever dwelled on what he couldn't and um, and neither has Yannick ever.
0: Yeah. And that's pretty so, remarkable, Hannah. You, I mean, you, you come across as very ca- um, calculated and calm, but it must have been a very difficult time. It's very inspirational to hear that that part of your life and that part of Yannick's life as well
1: yes but Yannick also you haven't met him have you no no I haven't no he is and you know it's my son and I'm proud of him but he is an amazing human being he's just so self-driven and has never ever once said poor me and I mean that Mm. like people will Initially, we'll go, you know, so how's Yannick? And I'm going, yeah, he's great. they go, now, come on, you can be honest. Like, how is he really? <laughs> he said, he's fine. Like, he is fine. <laughs> he has worn this, you know, taken it on his shoulders and just thought, okay, that was not a good thing, but let's make the most of it. And not once has he looked back. And so, so is
0: go on. <laughs> which is amazing to hear. What do you think is the common driver of that what what do you think causes someone like Yannick to get to a point where he says I'm I'm not going to dwell I'm not going to you know dwell on the negative I'm just going to focus on what I can do how how does someone get to that point
1: um and again thought about that and I've had that question um many times over the last 17 years yeah I think Yannick (laughs) I'm not a religious person, but mm-hmm. he was I think that was just part of his path and he was dealt that hand because he could deal with it. Um his when he had his accident, um uh, family members went up to the school where Yannick's brother was at school at the time just to explain what had happened over the weekend. And uh, Yannick's year two teacher came up and she was of course upset, but she said Yannick will cope with this. She said, I've been a teacher for 40 years, and out of all my students, if anyone is going to cope with this, Yannick will do it. So right. she could see that in him as a little seven-year-old boy, that mm. he just had those, I don't know what the word is, he had the strength and the motivation and the drive, mm. the personality, and and he's proven that. Um, so I think it's within him that my other two boys would not have coped like he has.
0: Mm.
1: Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know if that answers
0: your question. But- well, no it's, a, it's, no, it's a great answer. How do you, you know, if there was a parent listening in thinking, I wish I could instill this into my, my boy or my girl, what advice uh-huh. would you give to that parent to say, what part did you play and what advice would you give to your parent, to, the, to a parent that's asking for that?
1: Um, it's it's a little bit difficult because we never had to push Yannick to anything. Right. We just had to try and keep up with him. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but if they want to do whatever they want to do, of course, support them to the absolute best of your ability. Yeah. Um, we were very, very lucky. We did not have to, you know, encourage Yannick to do anything. It was the opposite. We had to try and get him to all these things that he wanted to go to. And mm-hmm. of course, you do. Um, so yeah, just yeah, let them do what I encourage them to do what they want to do. But don't push them either if they don't want to. But mm. I I have not been in that situation. It's been the exact exact opposite. Right. I, uh, one one story when Yannick had not been back from Melbourne long, maybe twelve months,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and all his mates were going paintball shooting. Yeah. So he's uh, now in year seven, maybe eight. And he comes home, mum, I'm going paintball shooting. <laughs> okay. And he came rushing through the door and it was, it is, I am. I've rang the bus company. I've rang the fellow down, down in Mount Gambia. I've done it. I've organized it. All I need now is a little bit of money so I can go. <laughs> like, and I've organized my brothers to get me onto the bus and the bus time is end. I've spoken to the fellow down at the at the facility down there, and we're just going to push me from shelter to shelter, and wow. everybody will probably shoot me in the legs, so <laughs> it doesn't hurt. So, like that's a thirteen year old boy back yeah. then. You know, it wasn't can I. It is ongoing, and I've organised it. So there,
0: which is fantastic. <laughs> so you you're talking about a lot of self motivation, self driven kind of that's personality amazing. that that he has, which yeah. is quite amazing was there a time when you thought to yourself this young man i mean every parent thinks their child's going to be an athlete and and an olympian one day but was there a time when it clicked for you and you thought you know yannick could one day become an olympian or paralympian sorry oh,
1: yeah.
0: yes 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 well he told us that
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's cool yeah <laughs> he wrote a list of his goals yep. quite early on again. And he wow. back, back then aimed for Beijing. No, um, mm-hmm. so, hang on. Yeah, Beijing. Yes, yes Beijing 8, 2008. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. But that was just a little bit early. He didn't quite make that. But he was in London 12. So And he also with the under-23 team was in um, in the paris in nine mm-hmm. so he wasn't that far off in eight, so he went to the world championships with the under twenty three team in two thousand and nine in Paris so that's not bad for a boy that um, lost the use of his legs in mm. four, in four so
0: which is amazing yeah, so I,
1: it it is and again um because there was no basketball up here we had to get him to melbourne and it's from horton to melbourne is three hours but out to dandenong where the rangers train is another good hour on the other side of melbourne and especially through peak hour traffic as you can imagine that's yeah a fair way for us good five hours you've got to allow so back then on wednesdays peter's dad would take him down um pick him up from school at 3 o'clock in the afternoon and they would get there by 7.30, do their two-and-a-half-hours training. And then Peter would pour Yannick onto the back seat and he would sleep all the way home and they would wow. get back into Horsham at 2 o'clock in the morning. Wow. Peter would literally bring lift Yannick back into bed and not once did Yannick on a Thursday morning say, Mum, I don't want to go to school today. Wow. And not one. He he was a little bit grumpy in the mornings, but he would get out of bed and go to school and be at school at nine o'clock, and that went on for years every Wednesday. And then on top of that, he would have to go down to for games on the weekends or get to the airport, fly wherever the um, the the standing on ranges were playing in Australia. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we would go with him. Sometimes. Peter, his dad, would take him down on the Friday. I would pick him up on the Sunday. And it was a huge commitment until he turned 18. But you do that for your son that is that driven um, Mm -hmm. and is showing potential, obviously. And the commitment. The commitment was enormous. I was so proud of him because there was never, ever any, you know, I don't want to go to school today, Mum. He got out of bed every morning and off to school he went and his homework never suffered yeah he, he was he was committed
0: i think is the word well, pretty remarkable that he has so much of that commitment that you talk about and that self-driven mm-hmm. nature as well was there a part of you as a parent where you were having to say goodbye to a young boy to get on a plane or to to travel and not be oh. with you was that hard absolutely mm-hmm. absolutely <laughs> Um, but you trust
1: the, the the teams that he's involved with and they have managers and yeah. Um and you have of course met them while you were down to the various batches and whatever. So yeah. they are good people. Um and he went overseas on his own the first time in two thousand nine. Wow. And he was seventeen then. So he's not 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 super young, but not an adult either. But he has always been very mature, and it wasn't like he was going overseas on his own. He was with a team, and they all look out for each other and look, look after each other. So, yeah. but th- that was that was a little bit daunting in in nine. That was, um, but now it's just like obviously he's a, a grown man now, and I can't keep up with him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> at one stage. You know, people would ask me, you know, where's Yannick? And I said, I don't know, but I'll check the paper <laughs> when I get home. Ah, <laughs> oh,
0: that's cute. If I can't find him, I'll look in the paper. It's, he's just been
1: everywhere since.
0: Now, yes, just going so, back, just rewinding back a bit in terms of his yeah. um, sporting, when he was, you know, around family and around home, what did you as a parent do to keep the enjoyment factor of sport alive for Yannick?
1: again didn't have to right <laughs> we as a family in, in initially we all took part mm-hmm. um they we did a lot of toathons and we did a lot of um co- cross-country as the family and the extended families his um his cousins and school yeah. friends. so there was a really big group of friends and the community involvement um so it was just what we did and it was fun. And and that's where how we hung out on weekends was our sport. Um, and that becomes your social life. And, and there's always, you know, the the coffee and cake afterwards or whatever it might be. So just um, that's, you know, it, it was never a chore because we were all involved as well.
0: That's great. And I guess what you meant mm-hmm. by it before, but you didn't have to do anything. It sounds like you're doing a lot, actually, because you you know, getting Yannick to where he wanted to be, but also just that commitment of being part uh, as a family. And I'm sure Yannick and and the other boys look back on those memories very fondly of just competing uh, as a family in triathlon, no matter where they came. That would have been a really good shared experience as a family, right? You look back on that and think that was great.
1: Absolutely. And that was before his accident and after the accident.
0: Um, Gotcha. Yep. Yep.
1: Yep. So yeah, that's just what we did, and all his cousins, you know, they just um, did the same thing and pitched in and helped out. And we at one stage actually had a a little basketball team here in Portion where his brothers and cousins all jumped in chairs. Oh, that's awesome! (laughs) We got the key to the local basketball stadium, and they they had their own little comps. Yep. Just um, yeah, just and for them it was just play. Yeah. Um, and we and we actually also. We had a table 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 table, tennis table, Mm -hmm. Um, and we had enough chairs here, so all the boys all played in chairs. So. Oh right. Yeah, so they all played together, but you know, at the same level as Yannick. So they just jumped in a chair each, and that just happened here in our carport. So.
0: That's so good. How how did how does a parent? How did you as a parent manage the various achievements of all your three boys because they're all they were all achieving in sport at a certain you know from a young age even how did you manage yeah. all those together
1: um peter yannick's dad did a lot of the driving to melbourne mm-hmm. but he also peter was a, quite a triathlete himself and thomas the older brother um spent a lot of time with peter as well he would take him um, to Melbourne and, and compete down there. Right. Um, And then I, so there's a little bit of a gap between Yannick and the younger brother. So I probably stayed here and, and was a bit more the mum mm-hmm. and looked after the home front. But Tobias, the younger one is a very good table tennis player. So he got quite involved with the local comp here. Yep. So he did that. Um, but, again, that's something I've thought about since um, your questions the other day. And mm-hmm. there's never been, I don't feel. The boys have never said, oh, it's all about, Yannick, you know, where do we fit in? Right. I, I don't, I've certainly never heard, heard them say anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we somehow managed to make it even enough that they didn't feel put out um but Yannick also is very very modest so when he was when he was at home just being one of the brothers he would never ever boast about his achievements Mm -hmm. far from it um so it wasn't like Yannick was thinking he was better than the others um so it wasn't like I had to go come on Yannick turn it down you know consider your brothers he was just himself when he was not here and he still is like that. Like, he does things that he doesn't tell me. Like, I have literally to That's read great. in the paper that he's won various things or done whatever because he, he's that modest. So, um, yes. Did that sort of answer that question?
0: Yeah, that is great. I, yeah. I think what you're saying there is, is, is pretty cool, actually, to, to have, um, obviously, Yannick required some more attention just by default, but you managed to keep it all um, uh, even for the boys, which is, you know, great, but it's, it's hard to do as a parent, of course.
1: It is, it is. Um, and of course, um, um, he, as you said, by default needed more attention with mm. all the traveling to Melbourne. Yep. Um, but um, Peter and I took turns in taking him to Melbourne. So there's always one of us here. Or the boys would go with, um, so, and you know they were involved with their own things, and yeah, it's um, I, I will actually ask the other two boys after this if they felt yeah. that they won, <laughs> that they missed out, but they certainly never ever mentioned it. It's not something that wasn't was a problem, mm. and and that was the same in their everyday life. I you know Yannick was made to help with chores just as much as they yep. were. Yep. I, I yep. never ever treated him any different. Nor did he want to be treated any different. Um, so he was, you know, he's just one of the boys, and that's how he's want to be treated with his peers and his mates and his school friends. And the only difference is that he can't walk. He's just yep. one of us. <laughs> he's which not is, disabled. He
0: no, which walk. is great. And it's great <laughs> that you're you're mentioning this. How how do communities or community sporting clubs or Organisations like School Sport Victoria, how do we continue? What things should we put in place to continue to champion students with a disability that we call multi-class athletes or multiple classification athletes or Paralympians? How, mm-hmm. how do you mm-hmm. how do you champion those kinds of children? Well, I think it's
1: a great program, and there's more and more awareness of disability. Um, Thanks to Dylan Alcott and Kurt Fernley and all of those people that, are, yeah. and and the Paralympics since, yep. um, probably since '12, like they're being telecast and people are really aware of of disability. Yeah. Um. So, you know, I think it's fantastic. We were also quite involved with Wheelchair Sport Victoria back in the day, and mm-hmm. they had great programs as well. Yeah. Um, it, it's a little bit more difficult for us up here in the country to to be involved unless you yep. commit and travel, or you know can travel. We were fortunate that we could we could we could do it financially and time wise. Yep. Go to Melbourne every single weekend. Some people can't do that, um, which is hard for the for the kids involved because they obviously miss out. So, and, and I also know that well, that they try and do regional things and they come up and they have inspirational talks and they they did back in the day, they brought the wheelchair basketball boys mm-hmm. up and a, a truckload of wheelchairs and they would have a go. So there was a bit of exposure. Um, but yeah, just as much as possible and try and reach out to as many different children as possible. And which is, I suppose, a bit easier in the city and a and, um, little bit harder out here for, for, the, for the average person, I think. Yeah. So I'm not quite sure how you tap into that from a regional point.
0: Yeah, I mean, the, the region does add a, a layer of complication, but, you know, I think uh, I think you've hit the nail on the head that we continue and we know awareness is a lot, a, a big part of the game to mm-hmm. just try and educate parents, because in your situation, you were thrust into the world of disability in a sense, because you Mm -hmm. had three boys that didn't have a disability, quite healthy, happy and strong. Mm -hmm. But then- this accident, and so you mm-hmm. would have had to, I'd imagine, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you would have had to become an expert in what was available for Yannick, what was available for sport, how he would get around, what schooling, mm-hmm. everything yep. that you didn't, not everything, a lot of things you didn't think of before, like how would he get on a bus and how would he get upstairs and all that stuff. You had to think about that at that point. Is that right?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And I have to admit, I, I didn't know any... Mm anyone in that world prior to us being there from one day to the other yeah um but i must admit i was surprised of how much there was in that world yeah um that was a positive for me um because once yannick was at at the austin and and Talbot, doors just kept opening yeah uh, for us it just happened um I don't know who gets the wheel starting, but somebody pushes a button somewhere and yeah. it just it just unfolded, which was amazing and that's seventeen years ago and I'm sure it's it has only got better since
0: mm.
1: on account of the awareness so i was I was blown away back then um of how much was going on for for children with and and we hit the the sport side of things I know that there's you know there was a an when we were at the uh, Austin, that the patients that were involved with the arts, you know, they mm. went down that road, and people that were more crafty or musical, they they went down another road. We yeah. were sporty, so then we went down that path, and yeah, I was impressed in 2004. So,
0: right.
1: and I know what what, has, what is happening since, or has happening is happening. So, I think you just keep up doing what you're doing. <laughs> I think Thank
0: was, you. That's that's encouraging, and and you know it's nice it's, to hear.
1: I, yeah. No. I um. I, I I certainly haven't. I felt that it was well and truly there and uh, enough for us to get involved with, and enough different sports. Like Yannick was involved with um with the track chairs initially, or the mm. track. Yeah, track chairs. The word. Yeah. Track um and The
0: wheelchairs, you mean?
1: The wheelchair racing, you mean? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Yes, yeah. So, yeah, um, running in a in a chair, and mm-hmm. the, then the the hand cycling crew was there because mm-hmm. because he did the tries, he got involved with the hand cycling boys, and he got involved with the track chair, track chair group so mm-hmm. you know once you show a little bit of interest and they know you're out there they will reach out to you as well yeah so um so between wheelchair sport and school sports and whatever i, I think you cross over in in some cases don't you
0: yeah we do and, yeah we we try and yeah, work as yeah. as best we can with organizations but yes. i mean yes. Pretty remarkable story to hear from a parent's perspective. What it's like um, to be thrust into that world, and and now we're looking at Yannick, who in one week time tomorrow will be in oh. Tokyo competing in uh, wheelchair basketball. And this is not his first Paralympics. Um, this is his second, at least third. A third? third, third, third. Sorry, 2012, 2016, and now. 2020 or 2021 Tokyo so pretty amazing stuff for this young man who um is you know who knows they could uh, in your mind up and you're probably going to be you know you can't not be biased as a parent but do you think they're a chance for a medal
1: I certainly hope so yeah they are in group B which is going to be a very very tough group yep to um to get through so the main four countries in wheelchair basketball is Australia, US, Great Britain, and um, Iran, I think, was is ranked fourth. Yep. But Spain is hard. They are all very good, but unfortunately, and they just draw the, the teams out of a hat, we are in the same group as US and Great Britain.
0: Right, okay.
1: <laughs> it's going to be a tough one but um but we are on top of the we are one of the main four top four yeah um so in um in London 12 they got um silver mm-hmm. one lost to Canada mm-hmm. and then in Rio the wheels fell off as such um there was some that they, they the short and the long was probably that they weren't quite prepared well enough um yep. there's some players that um may or may not should have been there yep. so yeah they came six they didn't even get past the qualifying so that was um a real blow but they had yeah and they'd lost a couple of key players and yeah the the, the lead up wasn't good enough so that was in 16 and then in 18 they had regrouped Got new coach, got a new assistant coach, and got some new players in. And at the World Championships in Germany '18, mm-hmm. they came back and got bronze. Great. So, so they've certainly come back from sixth to third in in two years. And um, and I think they are very strong now. Yeah. The same, and they've actually gained another couple of guys since um Germany. So yeah i'm I'm hopeful but I'm also not um thinking I'm also aware how hard it's going to be like the other teams are very very good they all are very good
0: well pretty exciting so, um, and i I think as uh as the audience will continue to watch you know the the boomers that have just finished um, with their uh-huh. bronze medal and the uh-huh. the wave that we get to ride to to watch the rollers do their thing in uh just over a week's time That's pretty exciting stuff And I'm really excited for the family I'm excited for Yannick, for the team mm-hmm. um, yeah. We're going to be watching with anticipation And continue to champion this young man in, in all he does But in the next week we're going to be raising as much awareness About tuning in as possible Because I do think that Channel 7 going to do a great job At broadcasting all the games and all the events yeah. Rather than just basketball, but everything So it's going to yeah. be pretty cool to watch
1: yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And yeah, all the games should be on 7 plus, we hope. Yep. So um yes, we will be glued to the box.
0: <laughs> yes, that's so, true.
1: Yeah, they just got to uh win or get get through the first uh, preliminary games and then mm-hmm. hopefully start with the um the crossover games and get to the quarterfinals and the semis and hopefully the big one, but now, they'll do their absolutely best, but it will be a hard tournament. Yep. It will be very hard because we have some amazing wheelchair basketballers out in the world. They are all very, very good.
0: Very good. So, well, yeah. Hannah, it's been awesome speaking to you and speaking about your experience and just uh, giving us an opportunity and you an opportunity to gloat a little bit about Yannick. So <laughs> we're we're excited by um what he's already achieved. And I, I think there's, it's not finished yet. I think the story is going to continue to write itself for this young man. So we look forward yeah. to seeing how he competes at the Paralympics and, and Tokyo.
1: Yes, thank you very much.
0: No worries. Um, yeah, we'll
1: all be glued to that screen. <laughs>